Hey dudes, this is Michael, one of the co-hosts of Two Dudes in the Nest, the show you're about to listen to. If you are a first-time listener and you've picked one of these older episodes to listen to, maybe because it's one of your favorite games on the NES, I don't blame you. However, I just want to warn you that uh, this is, some of these episodes are three, four, maybe five years old. And this is before we got new audio equipment. This is really before we even knew what we were doing. But we... You know, we want to leave them on the feed as long as we can because we want to have plenty of episodes for people to listen to. I just want to give a fair bit of warning before we get started. If you're an older listener and you're going back to listen to an episode again, uh, you may hear something new because right before the episode starts here, we're going to have an advertisement, which is probably not what you heard the first time through. But now we started doing ads in our shows, so we're going to have an ad here. Anyways, I hope you enjoy. And if you do enjoy, please subscribe to the podcast and listen to as many episodes as you can. It always helps us out. And tell a friend, too. That'd be nice. Enjoy the show. Justin. What's up, man? Well, uh, we, we're we doing a rebranding, reboosting of the Patreon, which means we got a whole slew of new Patreon picks. Oh, I'm so excited. Yeah. Like, and we are we are booked up until, like, May. We, we are. Between Patreon picks and guest spots and all that stuff, we are we're booked, like, for the first six months of the year. We're hoping you're ready for some content. Size, it's coming. Yep, yep. And bonus for this episode, Landon's back. Yeah. yeah. Hey, guys. Hey, Landon. Hey. Hey. <laughs> That's the, that was the deep patterns. I don't know. They're just Somehow they came to this bigger. The deep patter puppet. Yeah. <laughs> I need it. I could totally make one of those. A deep patter puppet. Hey, guys. <laughs> <laughs> is that a is that a coin pouch? <laughs> it's a headphone pouch, but yeah, oh, okay. you can, it could double as a coin pouch. You remember the coin pouches that you get at like the bank for free? Oh yeah, oh yeah. I took those with me to the arcades. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yep. Unless I unless I really wanted to go to the arcade, then I took a fanny pack. But if I just wanted to oh. kind of go to the arcade, I'd take the coin purse, or I mean the coin pouch. Sorry. So if you just had like. A, a few minutes. Yeah, well, I mean, if I was going to go for like 20 minutes, I'd just take the, the coin pouch. <laughs> if I was going to go for a few hours, I'd have to take a fanny pack. Like a grocery store visit. Yeah. Yeah, like if, if let's say we're going to the grocery store and uh, mom was going to do the grocery shopping and I was going to play the Street Fighter out front, mm-hmm. I would take the pouch. You know, it's such a, it's such a rip now. Like, you know, I got my my kids is like they'll never experience the arcade game at the front of the grocery store. I think Walmart still has like some, but now it's just it's the claw game, which is just full of junk now. And then the quarter, there's like these quarter machines, which is like, you know, a bunch of junk and candy. Mm-hmm. So there's no video game whatsoever. It's a shame. 
you know and i, I watched a video on those claw games they're rigged i always thought i was good at them but i guess i'm not they're all rigged <laughs> well maybe you've, you've gamed the rigged system yeah maybe i'm just so good at the claw game that or i found one of the claws that wasn't rigged as bad as the others because there's like different settings you can do like the claw strength and things like that Okay, tangent. All right, I'm going on the we're, we're going on the claw chant tangent because wait 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 before you go on tangent, we're talking about Blaster Master today. Woo! Yeah, yeah, Pick we'll get to Ivan. that in a minute. Pick from Ivan. Sorry. Okay, now go on your tangent. We'll get to we'll get to that in a minute. But um, <laughs> that's minor details. Now we got to talk about the claw. Um, I remember when we were go to Myrtle Beach as kids. Okay, and, and traveling through South Carolina, I guess the 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 gambling laws were a little looser in in South Carolina than Tennessee because they would have games where you put like quarters in and you know those games where it's like the slide thing is like going to push a bunch of quarters in you push yeah. a quarter to try to make it knock them all down and they would have the claw games except the claw games would have teddy bears with $100 bills what? taped to them what? Yeah. yeah exactly crazy right crazy. so here's the thing so we were, we were playing them, and I remember my uncle got one. We got one of the bears in the claw, and it was like it was perfect. It was just a perfect hit, and he starts to pull it up. When he starts to pull it up, we noticed there's a fishing line that had the bear <laughs> tied to the bottom of the machine. Nice. So it was basically impossible to win the game. So <laughs> nice. it, was a, it was 100% a gimmick. Yep. So. Yeah. Well, the uh, well, that's even, that's that's way way worse actually <laughs> than what the, <laughs> than what the actual claw games are, what the gimmick yeah. behind them actually is. It's it's actually a, it's timed so that the claw is only strong so many times per run or whatever, uh, and then you can adjust it so that based on the value of your prizes, so that you're never actually losing money. It's like if you're throwing three dollar teddy bears in there, then. Only when somebody puts in four dollars does the claw get strong enough. You know what I mean? So it's like a slot. Ah. Mach- it's like a slot machine. The more money you put in, the higher chance you have of yep. winning. And it, but it's it, not ever going to let you. It's not random. It's right. not ever going to let you win too much. Right. right? No, it's not random. It 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 would be. It would build up. Of course, the last person could spend three fifty. You know, and then you pop in two quarters and four bucks. You got a mm-hmm. teddy bear. Yeah. So there's really not much skill. Unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah. But you know what does take skill? Blaster Master? Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> it does. It takes some skill. Um, but, Landon. Um, yes, sir. You want to shout anything out before we get rolling? Top of the show? I know you uh, guys do some super, super shows and winging it, and I, I can't hardly keep up with the different names that you call it every time. <laughs> but Yeah, we've got about five or six different names it goes under just... Whatever, whatever strikes us for that week, I think is kind of how we do it. But uh, we've got the super show and the uh, the wing in it. Uh, super show is a little bit more involved with games and and other retro things like TV shows, such like that. Uh, wing in it's kind of just more quick and dirty hour. You know, we kind of just go over a few bits and pieces of something, just a specific topic. I uh, think. Rob and I are actually going to do Empire Strikes Back this Thursday for a wing in it, so be on the lookout for that here pretty soon, hopefully. Cool. Yeah, that sounds cool. Star yeah. Wars. It's awesome. Yeah. I see the, the the name for Episode 8 has been released. 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. Jedi something or not. Final Jedi. The last, the last Jedi. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. It's going to be interesting because what they do with Princess Leia now. Because she's, I mean, she's filmed in this, she's in this movie. So now they got to make a decision because there's going to be one, at least one more film after this. Yeah, they've said that Disney might do take CG this to like 15. Yeah, you know. Disney might take this to like 15 Star Wars. I don't know, but <laughs> as of right now, there's only going to be this one and one more. So. I don't know. I don't know what they're going to do with her. Be interesting to see. Yeah, they'll probably what just do, they do a uh, do one of those things where it's like, oh, did you hear about Leia? Yeah, she died. All right, <laughs> here we go. Too soon. Yeah. <laughs> I guess it depends yeah. on when you listen to this episode. Yeah. <laughs> I tell you, one of the most ruthless things uh, in show business that I ever heard was actually for a show that that's pretty family friendly, uh, or probably the most family friendly show there ever was, and that was Andy Griffith. So they did a reunion show, and it was like years later, right? Uh-huh. And, you know, Aunt B and Andy Griffith never got along. Like, Frances Brevier or whatever her name was, and Andy Griffith, they didn't get along. She was... Oh, didn't mm. Yeah, they were always at ends. And so it came time to do this reunion show, and it was going to be kind of an episode, basically, of Andy Griffith, where they all were showing uh, what they were going to, you know, what they were all doing. And she refused to come back. Okay, because she says I'm not working with you people anymore. <laughs> <laughs> what Andy Griffith show then did was made her dead. Oh, so Aunt B had died in the show. Well, then it kind of got a little out of hand because it got because this is before internet and everything. You could prove something in like two seconds. Because now everybody thought that Francis Baby was dead. <laughs> oh, she must have passed away. Oh, no. <laughs> so it was a little ruthless on Andy Griffith's part. I think. <clears throat> nice. I love the Andy Griffith show, though, man. Such a good show. You know what I like almost as much as Andy Griffith? Blaster Master? Blaster Master. <laughs> we keep trying to segue into it, but then we just keep hitting another tangent, tossing right into out of it. So, so uh, how about you uh, go ahead and give us some tidbits and trivia, and we'll actually do this show right. All right. So there's actually a lot of history out on this game. Uh, so Blaster Master, obviously released by Sunsoft uh, for the Nintendo Entertainment System. It was released in... in Japan first, and the designer Yoshiaki Iwata, yeah, um, <laughs> has actually done a lot of interviews and talking about the history and the development of this game. So, you know, they there there's a lot out there about the development of it. Uh, one thing that I found interesting was Blaster Master when it was released in Japan, which it wasn't called Blaster Master; it was called. Uh, Chowakisi Sinki Metafight, or Metafight for short. Okay. What does that stand for? Metafight. No, it stands for Super Planetary War Records Metafight. Hmm. Okay. When it was released in Japan, it was not successful. And uh, 
whatever for whatever reason the decision was made to release it in the United States, but they were going to make several changes. So the changes that were made, for example, was in in the story uh, for the Japanese version, Sophia was a planet, and Sophia was annihilated, and um, the the people that survived built this tank that they called metal attacker <laughs> and a boy named Kane Gardner was driving it. Okay. When the United States got out of it and the U S team. So this is the actual the- story in, J- in the Japanese version of the game. Yeah. The planet story there. Yeah. Oh, Sophia is the third is the third planet in the Epsilon Milky way in the year 2052. It's a Emperor Goaz destroys it, and the, the survivors will uh, they build this tank, and that's kind of how the game is, is based. But the U.S. team didn't like it. There was some, uh, you know, Iwata kind of related it to. It was kind of a dark story, so the U.S. team was like, "Man, we're not going to do that." And they developed this game, this the um, Jason and the Frog Jason. story. <laughs> So, um, the, and, and Awata was kind of told, you know, all right, the U S is going to release this game. We don't think it's going to do very well. And, uh, you just keep, you start working on other things. So he started working on other projects that Sunsoft had unbeknownst to him after it was released in the United States, it was a big hit. So the release was several months after the Japan, uh, the Japanese release, and so he was kind of even the company. He, he kind of in the in the interview I was reading from him, he was kind of uh, just kind of short about the company because it sounded like he was a little frustrated that there were, the game became a success in the United States, and they they really didn't tell him huh. until later. Now, of course, Iwata would later come back and and be involved in later Blaster Master projects, but um, at the time. They were not. They they for some reason kind of kept it away from him. Maybe they didn't want to admit he was right, or <laughs> that it was a game after all, and it just didn't release at a good time or something in Japan or whatever. For whatever reason, it wasn't successful. Maybe it's because the story was kind of lame in Japan. Maybe no maybe offense. you needed a frog. <laughs> maybe you needed a radioactive infected frog. Well, here's the thing. Everybody can relate to trying to rescue a pet, right? Even if it's a radioactive frog. <laughs> Fred the Frog. So, Iwata, in talking about the game design, he talks that you know their their goal, which seems kind of like a bland goal, but I think you know we can talk about this later. Whether this was successful, you know, this game came out in 1988, and their goal was to to beat any game that had been released at that point in every aspect in graphics in design everything so they really were really going over the top and they they viewed themselves as rivals they wanted this game to rival to be a rival to metroid right so um and he talked about the game design and how you can kind of this going back in between levels and and uh, going back to previously, um, 
previous areas. And he said that, you know, that, that even though the gameplay turned out to be difficult by most people's standards, he said that was the point. And that in his quote, um, here it is. We really put a great deal of thought into that element of the game design. And I mean, I mean this in the best way, poss- best possible way. We wanted the player to have to struggle. So, Mission very, accomplished. Uh, Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, yeah. So, yeah. It's been released in, in other formats. Uh, Metafight was, or, or Blast Rider was released on the PlayStation in Volume 4 of Sunsoft's Memorial Series in 2002. It was also released for the Wii Virtual Console and the Wii or the Nintendo 3DS. Now, um, as far as reception and um, uh, reviews, mostly positive. Like IGN has this nine out of ten, so it's uh, it's rated as mostly positive. Um, so, and I wonder EGN, what we'll think about it. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, Electronic Gaming Monthly listed the game at number one in its top ten games list in the premiere issue. Oh wow! Ooh. So there you go. That's quite a pretty a bit big to live up to there. Yeah, quite a bit. Yeah. So tall uh, order. Yeah. So I'm gonna end. There's actually a whole lot of stuff out there on the inter- interwebs. If you'd like to uh, read more about the history and about Blaster Master. But uh, I'm going to move on and let Mike tell us how he found this game or stole this game <laughs> or bartered for this game or what. So, uh, Well, this game, and thank you for throwing steel in there as like the second topic or the second option there. <laughs> I, I don't think I've ever stolen a game, thanks, to my knowledge. Well, to, well, steel... Still in what sense? <laughs> no, I'm just joking. Go ahead. <laughs> without consent. We'll say that. Isn't stealing without... Con- Who gives consent for you to steal something? <laughs> That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. I've never hey, stolen. Go ahead and take my TV. Consent. It's fine. Steal it. Good. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. All right. This is, this is right. getting off the rails. All right. So, um, I think um, we talked about this a little bit on the... Bad News Baseball episode, the one Nick was on, where he talked about how he bought it from his his video game rental store uh, mm-hmm. because he played it so much. That was probably, I'm not 100% sure, but I think that's probably the same case for me on this one because I rented this game fairly consistently for a long time. And then when the store finally started moving on to um, Super Nintendo and <clears throat> Genesis games... Um, they were going to sell it, and he kind of asked me first. It's my best recollection, because I know I've had this game for a long time, and I know I rented it a lot first. So I'm pretty sure that we bought it from the <clears> rental <throat> store, because, um, you know, that was a nice thing to do. Nice gesture from the, the old pick-a-flick there in Loudoun. <laughs> yeah. Well, they'd already made their money on you. So. Oh, yeah. The, I'd paid for the game probably about four times by the time I bought it. If you again. think about it... As far as money for the video game store to make, or, or the video store to make, video games had to be where it was at. 
because the movies were expensive for the video game stores to buy because they would get them before they were mm-hmm. released to be bought at a store. Yep. And they'd, they'd pay, pay like more. Store. Yeah. They'd pay like a licensing fee or something. But I don't think that was the case with video games. They probably just paid like retail price for the video game. And you think? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I don't but know what either. would prevent them from doing that? What prevents Nintendo them from doing that with the video VHS? Well, because they get it before the release oh, I see. I got you. of retail, so you can advertise to come rent this movie now before you can buy it. Yeah, that makes sense. Well, also you got to think most people only rent movies one time and then they're done, right? But yeah. if somebody's renting a video game, if it's a good game, they're probably going to rent it more than once, right? Rent, right. So yeah, the video game business is probably the more lucrative of the. Uh, of the ventures but, there. But you got to think they had to take a hit once it went to uh, CDs because, you know, the cartridge was, we talked about this in the past, is, is almost indestructible, right? Yeah. But CD is very delicate. Oh, and there's nothing more frustrating than renting a game, a CD-based game from the rental store and taking it home when it's too scratched to play. Yeah. Uh, especially when you can't drive. <laughs> somebody actually has to drive you back to the store and if, in my case my parents most of the time were like no no we've done been there we're not going back <laughs> so here I am with this scratched up game that I can't even play yeah well Landon how about you well go ahead oh sorry go ahead with your fortunately one more, your... one more tangent uh, fortunately <laughs> by the time I was playing disc based games I was probably at least about 15 or so yeah. I was not far away from driving at that point yeah. All right, Landon, I think Justin <laughs> yeah. was wanting to ask you where you got this game. Yeah, I bought it from a little game shop in uh, Asheville, North Carolina. I was probably, I was 16 or 17. I didn't have it growing up as a kid. I went to church with the guy who had it, and I think I traded him. He didn't have Mario Brothers, so I let him borrow Mario Brothers for a week, and he let me borrow Blaster Master for a week. And uh, Yeah, that's where I got hooked on it. Really liked it. Looked for it for years. Could never find it anywhere. Looked at Walmart. You know, looked at Kmart. Could never find it. Because apparently Western North Carolina, they don't get the really good games in. They just get stuff like, uh, I don't know, Tecmo Bowl was everywhere. So that's really all we ever had. Uh, But I found it at that store, and it was before retro game collecting got really big. And he wanted five bucks for it. And I'm like, yeah, I'll give you five bucks for Blaster Master. It's definitely worth that. That's how I ended up with it. And on a little cool side note, I was a big Nintendo Power Freak back in the day. And I had up my subscription, and they sent a little record book. And one of the records in it was uh, the times that you spend in levels. And it would keep, you could do a little track, you know, of how long it took you to beat the first boss and then go to the second and beat him and the third all the way to where it had end of game time. And I always wanted to fill that out, but I could never make it there. I always <laughs> made it to like the second guy and died. Yeah, this, uh, we'll get into that here in just a second. This game's pretty hard. So, yeah, it's a hard game. Um, but yeah, I can, I can understand wanting to buy for five bucks. That's a, that's, that's yeah. a good deal. All right, so I guess we can go ahead and talk about it. So you played it when you were about teenage years. I was playing when I was a kid. Justin, did you did you did you ever play it prior to the show? 
this game never never popped up on my radar. Surprisingly, hmm. as popular as it was, it never popped up on my radar until uh, later. Um, and talking about it for the for the uh, show, so I don't have as much experience with it. Uh, well, but it's it's go ahead. I was just gonna say, with even with your lack of experience, you probably did just as well as I did. It's very, <laughs> <laughs> it's tough. I mean, the 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 design elements I really like. I mean, granted, I think this is one of those games that's gonna takes a long time to try to figure out where you need to go, where you, what you need to get, and then you throw in the added difficulty of it. But you know, you're it's not it's a it's a platformer. It's like a running gun. It's a platformer, but the platforming element is weird because it doesn't move like normal platformers where you've got a guy that walks with a rhythm. This is just a tank that moves in a linear fashion. You know, you see what I'm saying? Does that make any sense at all? Uh, no, but maybe I think I know where you're going with this. Uh, the tank, it's kind of like it moves like a tank, right? So it's kind of right, slippery. Exactly. It's kind of exactly, slippery that's almost. What I mean. When it's you like jump and land, it kind of slides a little bit. Right. It's it not. It feels heavy. It doesn't feel like your normal platforming game where you have a person or a Mario or a, you know whatever. Uh, it is. It moves like a tank. You're, exactly. You took. You worded that for me. So. You're welcome. Uh, when I was a, <laughs> when I was a kid, um, I was obsessed. I for some reason. I love this game, but I hated being the tank. So I would always try to figure out how I could be the guy the most. So I would hop out of the tank and leave my tank behind, and that was what was always that would always screw me up as a kid because you could potentially be without your tank period and then you just die, right? Yeah. Because um, yep. there there are ways that you can fall off the side or something, and if you if you survive the fall, then there's no way to get back to your tank. So you're just you're pretty much screwed at that point, but. Um, I, as a kid, I just played this game constantly and could never figure anything out. Right. So I pretty much just played it mostly in the first level going into the different thing, the, the buildings or whatever they are, caves, mm-hmm. um, going to any, everywhere I could possibly go with the tank, never really figuring out get, or having a firm grasp on what I was doing. Cause this is, uh, as you alluded to earlier, this is basically a Metroid Metroid-like game. I guess it's kind of a Metroidvania where you you need to collect upgrades to be able to get, access different areas. <clears throat> Excuse me. And as a kid, I could never wrap my head around doing something like that. Um, but as I got older and kind of kind of figure out what was going on, uh, I just pretty much fell in love with this game. Mm-hmm. The, the stickiest part for me, and we'll probably talk about this a little bit more later, is. There's really there's no save, there's no password, there's no anything. So if you die, you, you just go back to the beginning of the game, and that that's pretty frustrating in a game like this where you I think you get two lives and that's pretty much it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, it can be a little overwhelming too, like you said when you first start because you don't know that you have to backtrack and get items to go on to other parts of the level, and it's kind of I don't know it kind of overwhelmed me the first time I played. I'm like, wow, this is this is really hard. I have no idea where to go. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, it came out... When did it come out, Justin? You said 88? 1988. November yeah, so, 1988 for North America. Yeah, so that's pretty early for <clears throat> this type <throat> of a genre, right? So, I mean, Metroid right. had come out, I believe, but not mm-hmm. too much sooner than this game. So, 
Um, there's not a lot of experience with this style of game at this point, for, for me at least. Uh, I think I had probably played Metroid and had a similar experience where I really didn't know what was going on. Couldn't figure it out either. So. Um, <laughs> yes. And it's it's an it's another one of those games where it's kind of it would be helpful to have a map, right? A map would be helpful. You kind of have to make mm-hmm. your own. Um, but uh, I got a little something to help us along a little. Well, bit. The, I hope it, it should help us along quite nicely. You think? Do you even yeah. know what I'm talking about? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it's a manual. It's the manual, of course. You, you so, know what I was talking about. Yeah. So FYI, Metroid came out about two years. This is 1986. This is about two years prior. Okay. So pretty... Second FYI. Okay. Tennessee just beat Kentucky. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> All right, go ahead. I'll take it. All right, here comes the manual. I think. Can you see that? Mm, not seeing it yet. Oh, now I do. Okay, so you can you can see it. Yeah. All right. Blaster Master Instruction Manual. Hey, did you? Uh, what do you guys think about the cover? While I'm looking at this, because the cover always struck me as pretty unique. Yeah, I like it. Yeah, I do too. The dude always scared me on the cover. Yeah. The gargoyle guy. Did you have to turn it over at night so you could sleep? Yeah, <laughs> I couldn't. I couldn't sleep. You know. Let's see, yeah. I'm not okay. Here we go. The game story, which we touched loosely on, but let me give you the official story. Okay. Let me clear my throat. Okay. <clears throat> this game is about a guy named Jason. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. There's more. But that's the first sentence, and then there's a new paragraph, so I thought it'd be a funny way to stop. Okay. Jason had a pet frog named Fred. One day, Fred decided he had enough of being locked up in his fishbowl and made a dash for the door. As fate would have it, Jason was there when all this happened, and he gave chase. Once outside, Jason was totally amazed to find Fred running towards a huge radioactive chest. (laughs) As soon as Fred touched it, he grew to an enormous size, and the radioactive chest fell into the earth along with Fred. Jason tried to reach for Fred, but fell into the hole along with him. When Fred landed, he found himself alone next to a huge armored vehicle. This was not just any vehicle, but one designed for the ultimate challenge against the radioactive mutants living under the earth's crust. These mutants, created from escaped radioactive waste, are controlled by the Plutonium Boss. Your mission is to fight your way and destroy the Plutonium Boss before he destroys you. Along the way to your final encounter are many warlords of the underground that you must destroy. Destroy. Hmm? What do you think? Um, I'm excited. Are you pretty excited? Yeah. <laughs> they should have made a Blaster Master movie. Yes. Well, that funny you bring that up. There's not a Blaster Master movie, by the way. But there's awesome cutscenes at the beginning of this game. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. That give you this story. A frog jumping towards radioactive waste. Pretty much what it just said, only uh, <laughs> in, in cutscene fashion. 
So, here's the question. Where are they again? Like, where... It, so, Jason... I mean, they're at Jason's house, right? Yeah. Am I incorrect in that? Why is the radioactive waste his backyard? <laughs> uh, I don't know. <laughs> it it really seems like that. that's got to be against the, some law. Some law and some health code. Well, I guess it says... Well, I mean... Jason was totally amazed to find that Fred was running towards a huge radioactive chest. So, I mean, even <laughs> even Jason was surprised. He's like, whoa, how'd this get back here? We need the question how many times Jason actually goes out of his house. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, so that's basically the story. You get a cool cutscene intro, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so the, the game plays, like we said, it kind of plays like a Metroidvania. In, kind of in that style where you collect power-ups and but it's also it's very heavily focused on action too um, both tank action and top-down uh, three-quarter camera on Jason in a Funko Pop style does he not that, I mean they didn't have those back <laughs> then but it, does he not look kind of like one of those little Funko <laughs> Pop things yeah he does he does yeah. If they haven't made a Blaster Master one of those yet, then somebody's dropping the ball somewhere. But yeah. he's got a big he's got a big head. Basically is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. And it's top down shooter from kind of like a Fester's quest kind of angle, I guess. Yeah. Maybe well, you know yeah. he's at my neighbors. And it's interesting. Once he uh I think the spoiler alert, I think the graphics are great in this game, but when he gets out of the tank, the sprite he gets big, right? Yeah. Well, so gets, well, immediately when he gets out of the tank, he's tiny, right? But then he gets in the top-down view, and he's big. So is the top-down view zoomed in, or does he grow? I think it's zoomed in. Okay, yeah, I think it's zoomed in. <laughs> uh, but along the way, you collect power-ups. Uh, we said that, but there's there's some that when I was a kid, I had no idea what they were. Like, there was P, which I noticed that P gave you lives, right? Mm-hmm. But then there was H, and I could never figure out what what in the world was going on when I was collecting H's. Um, and probably because H is meaningless, even though they give it to you in the first few levels, it's meaningless until after the third level. Did you guys notice that you were collecting yeah. H's and had no idea why? Yeah. Yeah. I thought I was supposed to. <laughs> it's like... If there's something in a video game that you can collect and it doesn't hurt you, then you should probably get it. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, of course. It's either going to give you points or boost you somehow, right? Mm-hmm. But there, you, there's a hover ability that you need those H's for. But you don't get oh. that ability until later in the game. About you know, it's a... So, in the original design of the game, I was reading this from Iwata, he said that they actually wanted the tank to be able to climb walls and go on the ceiling. But they scratched that idea eventually. I think they scratched it because it was probably going to make the game a little too easy. Either that or they're going to have to put more sprites like on the ceiling, like bad guys on the ceiling or something. You, no, you can climb walls and climb mm-hmm. on the ceilings eventually. It's real late in the game, but it's, oh. it's one of the power-ups. Oh. You probably wow. didn't make it that far because it's like the last, it's like almost the last level. 
Oh no, I made it to the last level. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it, it's pretty late in the game, but you can eventually climb on the walls, climb on the ceiling. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess the the main the, the way this differs somewhat from uh, Metrovania is you kind of get your power ups from the bosses, right? So right. when you beat defeat a boss, you gain a new power up. So each level you gain a new power up, and then you use that power up both in that level and you backtrack with it. Um, mm-hmm. Which is pretty cool. I, I mean, I, I, I like the... Some of the power-ups are kind of seem kind of pointless. Like one of them is just a key, right? So mm-hmm. you can open, open doors. But others are pretty cool, like the wall climbing and the super shot that you get in the first level. Those are pretty neat power-ups. And they're all for the tank, too, which is another unique aspect about this game it's not for your it's not for your characters for the tank yeah mm-hmm. so i think that's pretty cool um the, there's a map in the manual check that out okay everybody checked it out i don't i don't see, well I, it's my <laughs> the, the screen share gone black oh all right sorry sorry everyone for the i don't know what's going on that's going to be an awkward podcast moment. <laughs> Great pod. Great pod. But there's... Okay, so the manual has maps for mm-hmm. all the stages mm-hmm. in the manual. So that's nice of them. Yeah. That's sweet. Yeah. Okay, so I guess let's talk a little bit more about the... Just random thoughts on the game. Uh, we've already discussed that it's hard. Yeah. So, yes. what what makes this game hard? Let's talk about that for a minute. So I, I mentioned the control is a little tough to get used to with the tank. Yeah, they're a little tough yeah. to get used to, but I like them once you get used to them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think really for me, what makes this game tough is the lack of any kind of a like a save system or anything. Because what happens to me is I'll make it really far, and I'll lose my lives and I'll just be so frustrated I don't want to try again. Because it's, it's a pretty long game, too. So if you yeah. make it to stage six or seven even and die, then there's really no... For me, I do not <laughs> want to start over and, and play again. You know what I mean? And then I'll just come back m- a month or two later and try again. That controller's getting thrown. <laughs> that controller <laughs> is getting thrown and getting bent over the knee. Bent over the knee. Mm. Yeah. So that's what makes it hard for me. Is it's just frustrating when you die because you have to start all over again. <laughs> I need I to, I need to try it. Uh, I don't know why I've, I've never tried this, but I need to try it with save states. That's probably the best way to go. I could probably beat it eventually if I use save states. Yeah, yeah. I think too some of the enemies. I know when you're in the tank like around level two, there's these little worms that crawl on the ground and the tank shot goes over them. So you either have to use a special weapon to kill them or jump over them. And then if you just jump over them, they chase you everywhere. Yeah. And you can kill them by getting out of the tank too. Yeah. I always died when I did that. (laughs) Yeah, that's pretty risky. Uh, You brought something else up. Another point up that I forgot to mention. There's, there are special weapons when you hit down and attack. The tank has three different special weapons that you collect. Uh, as you play along. So there's like some missiles and lightning bolts or something. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's pretty cool. But 
Yeah, the, there are a lot of enemies like that that are hard to hit with the tank without using special weapons. And their special weapons are in limited supply, so I can... That's another thing that gets pretty tricky with the game. And there's a lot of flying enemies that fly all around your head mm-hmm. that are hard to hit. Um, but what do you what do you guys like better? You like the tank or the top-down dude stuff? I think I'm more of a tank guy. I always, I always seem to die a, a lot more on the top-down levels for some reason. I don't know if it was just because I wasn't used to the going from the tank controls to the three-quarters view controls to where, you know, he kind of stops on a dime to where, you know, you're in the tank and you kind of, like we said, have a little bit of, you know, slide going on there. I don't know. It was just something about going from the tank to the top-down that threw me off. I could never do those top-down levels. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree. And you... You know, I've talked about this in the past. There, I, I'm not a huge top-down. I'm a, I like platforming games so much better than than top-down. So, for me, top or the platforming was was my favorite part of the game. So, yeah, okay. When I was a kid, I liked the top-down a lot better. But as I've gotten older, I like the tank just because I like the way I kind of like the way it controls. I think it's really cool mm-hmm. how they made it feel heavy somehow. You know, it, like. The physics in this game are pretty spot on. I mean, I've never drove a tank that can jump, so I guess I don't really know if they're spot on or not. But if imagining a tank with a giant gun and big old tires jumping, I, this, mm-hmm. that's how I would imagine it being. It's kind of yeah. like watching when you go to watch a Bigfoot race or whatever, or a Grave Digger, or whatever uh, monster truck of your choice. Then um, everybody likes Grave Digger, right? Actually, I like. <laughs> um, if we're going to talk monster trucks, I like. Uh, what is it? Toro Lo- El Toro Loco. He's probably my favorite. Oh, yeah, it's got the horns. I like how we talk about, and this is always the case. Not just not just us, but like when you talk about monster trucks, you're they're given the pronoun he. You ever notice that? Well, there's there's some she's too. Have you ever been to monster truck rally? She as in the driver or as in the... If the driver's a she, I call it a she. Because usually it's like a purple truck or something. Yeah. So female drivers, too. So if it's a purple truck, you call it a a she? No, if it's a female driver, I call it a she. Okay. And it just so happens that the only female driver I've seen drove a purple truck. Yeah. That's why I said purple. No, I haven't been to Monster Jam. Unfortunately. out. I know. I know. I believe it. Alfalfa. I know. <laughs> this is the late night run run your hand through your hair. Yeah. I feel you. I understand. Um we got so we we touched a little bit on it, but what do you think about the graphics? I like the graphics and I think the graphics, especially like the backgrounds. The backgrounds are very as you alluded to, to earlier, Metroidvania-esque, I guess. Well, in the platforming. Not so much in the top-down. But uh, I think the sprites were very well done, especially the the bosses. The graphics were really good in, those, in the boss scenes. Uh, the cutscenes were great. I think that you, they spent a lot of time on the graphic design on this game, and it really shows. Yeah, I thought they were top-notch. I thought there's... 
not only not only are we talking about it being nineteen eighty eight, but it does, that doesn't even matter because these are some of the best graphics I think that are on the NES period. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think they're pretty well. I mean, the character designs and the the sprites, like the big sprite when you get the top down, looks awesome. Um, mm-hmm. There's tons of colors in it. I think it's I think it's probably some of the best on the NES, in my opinion. Yeah. What do you think? I Amanda? agree. I, I like the attention to detail. Like you said, like, you know, the sprites are big, they're detailed, but also when you get out of the tank, instead of just your guy like popping up, like the hatch kind of flies open and he just kind of like hops out and he's like, all right, I'm ready to go. Yeah, the animations in this game are awesome too. And it seems like there's a ton of, an- it seems like there's more animations in this game than I typically see in a lot of NES games. Like the, yeah. the hatch opening and the guy running around sideways and then when he swims and then you know he jumps back into the tank it's just there's a lot of different little animations that they have that you don't see very often that i think are pretty cool and i know one of the bosses kind of midway through the game it's like this square with an eye and it makes copies of itself and they're super detailed copies too and i'm like wow i'm surprised the nes can handle this without any slowdown because it's a boss fight and he makes copies of himself to go around the room and he kind of switches which one of the copies you have to shoot to damage him but you know i'm sitting there i'm like wow there's like 10 of these boxes you know that are probably i don't know it takes four of them to make a quarter of the screen and there's like 10 of them on the screen moving around at different intervals with the the character sprite too it just kind of blew my mind that it could handle that and not slow down at all yeah it never slows down you get some flicker every now and then some of the bad guys flicker a little bit i noticed yeah. but uh the game never slows down which is pretty pretty incredible for all the stuff that is thrown on the screen mm-hmm. i agree so anyway so i guess we all agree pretty much a plus on the graphics mm-hmm. what about the uh sound and music uh, the music I thought was again. I think the music hard to complain about. Right, I think. Go ahead. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut no, you go off. Ahead. Uh, that's that's good. Okay, I think the I think I'm going to say the same thing about the music and sound as I did about the graphics. I think these are it's some of the best on the NES. Of course, Sunsoft is always awesome. I don't know if we talked about Sunsoft game yet, but. Um, they've always got good music, but this game, that, that, uh, that riff, I don't even know what to call it, a riff. It's like a bass line at the very beginning of the game. Mm-hmm. Um, and then that, the way it comes in, I, I just love it. Um, yeah. It, it, mm-hmm. I can hear it right now and I could, I've probably heard it off and on my entire life. <laughs> that first, the first <laughs> stage music, you know, it just, it just gets your blood pumping. It's just, it's good. It's good music. I love it. It is, it is, and the music continues on through the game. Like my favorite tune out of that, out of the game, I believe, is the level two. That da 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 da. It kind of does a lot of different layers of music at the same time, which is really cool for an NES game. Yeah, it's it's a really kind of epic music too. It sounds like you know this is a game. It's kind of aliens and space, and you're like a space guy in a space suit driving a space tank. You know. It's kind of got that epic, spacey feel too. The, the music, so yeah. Yeah, that's one so, thing about those Sunsoft games, man. Their music is—it's something else. Do you uh, do you know who the composer was, Justin? Did you mention that at the top of the show? 
I didn't mention it, but I can tell you in just about two seconds. Tell me in two seconds. Naoki Kadoka. Yeah, yeah. Naoki Kadoka. Nice. You familiar with Kadoka's work? I'm familiar with his work, yes. yes I Actually, <laughs> you are a little bit, because we've talked about... He did Batman. Batman. Talked about yeah. Batman. Mm-hmm. Did he do? He did Journey uh, uh, to Silius too, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm familiar with his work. He's the Sunsoft man, basically. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I forgot we did, I forgot we covered Batman. We had Rob on that show. Mm-hmm. Since Rob jumps in and out of retirement so much, I can't even remember. I always, <laughs> I always forget which was that which before. Was that before retirement number six or retirement number eight? I think that was right before retirement number six. Right after five. Okay. He's on like 12 now. No, he's, he just came out of 12, I think. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, hard to keep up with. Uh, no, okay, so music, music's awesome. Um, so that's pretty much... I don't have a whole lot more to say. We said the bosses are awesome. I, I did want to say that I agree that the bosses are awesome, and it's... Mm-hmm. When I first noticed on, I think it's, it's either level three or four. When you when you fight Fred, uh, I was really kind of sad and depressed to be fighting Fred. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You, know, you fight Fred, he tries to lick you. Yeah. I, I kept thinking, come on, it's okay, Fred, go ahead and lick me, but then it would hurt. So. <laughs> <laughs> All Bad right. Fred. Bad Fred. <laughs> I want to shoot you with my gun. See, I just don't like that. See, he's your pet. Even though he's giant and radioactive, he's still your pet. Okay. So, um, the question of the the first question of the show is: It fun? Is it worth it? Justin Price, you got one. Yeah, you can actually pick this game up for a pretty good price. So uh, on eBay, I got it for for six bucks. Uh, it's from other websites. It's going for me anywhere from ten bucks to fifteen. So six well, is kind of a steal price, I would say. Yeah, fifteen is kind of the going rate. Ten, ten, 10 to, to 15, fifteen is is the going rate. Well, then to me, it's a no-brainer. I think this is a must-have yeah. for the NES. I think I would I would pay even more than fifteen for it myself. At this point, because I think it, I think it's a must-have. If you don't want to pay that, then maybe find it on one of the virtual console things, like the yeah. 3DS or the or the Wii. Is it on Wii U? Yeah, maybe. It is. Yeah. It so, is. I would, uh, I would, I would seek this game out and play it if I were, if I were anybody. I think that lunch. you know, take it for lunch. <laughs> take the plunge. Oh, take the plunge. <laughs> Sorry. Or take it's it late. for lunch. I mean, if you came to play on your lunch break, I guess. Mm. Yeah. yeah there you go. Get on your 3DS, take it with you to lunch. Play it on right. your lunch break. <laughs> That's right. Um, no, I think it's I think it's a no-brainer. I think this is definitely a, a must-own on the NES. This is, of course, I'm a little bit biased. I've been, I'm a big fan of this game, but still, it's a pretty awesome game. I'd have to agree with you on that. It is a must-have. you got to... That's one of those you got to have in your uh, in your collection. If anything, just to experience, you know, like what we've talked about—the graphics, the sound, and the and the Metroid-esque uh, gameplay before it became prevalent in a lot more games. I was reading uh, online that Sunsoft is actually releasing a new Master Blaster game 
this spring for the 3DS called Master Blaster Zero. And it really? uses it uses the original Master Blaster game as a base, so it's going to be the 8-bit graphics, but it's going to go on, it said, after where Master Blaster ends, it's going to continue on. Very cool. So this is a timely podcast then, almost. Yeah. 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 I did read that. And, uh, yeah. Cool. And uh, that kind of brings up another point. Sometimes we mention, especially when the games come in around 10 to 15 bucks, um, this is basically the quality of a good, you know, indie game, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, so paying ten to fifteen bucks for that is is very much in in the reasonable territory. So I don't. Yeah. I guess I I didn't even realize Sunsoft was still a thing, but that's awesome. I'm glad they're coming out with something else. Yeah, let's see, it says that it's not really Sunsoft, but it's like a company that bought all their licenses. So I'm just going to call them New Sunsoft. New Sunsoft. There we go. Kind of like New Metal. That's right. In <laughs> <N-U> Sunsoft. <laughs> um, yeah, that sounds terrible, actually. Yeah. Okay. All right. Um, good deal. If you and one more thing, if you don't want to play this game, uh, go listen to the soundtrack because it's awesome. I thought you were going somewhere else with that. I heard, if you don't want to play this game, go. <laughs> <laughs> no, this is family friendly. <laughs> Those may have been my initial thoughts, but I can't, I can't voice this. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. All right. Did you guys come up with any retrofitted trophies? Yeah. Yeah. Sweet. All right. Uh, I guess I'll go first. I had one called, and this makes me sad. Drop Dead Fred, and that is Defeat Fred on whatever level it is you play. Oh, Fred. All right, Justin, you got one? Yeah, my first one is I am strong enough to bust a grape, and that is beat the first uh, boss who looks like a bunch of grapes. (laughs) I think he's supposed to be a brain, isn't he? Is he a brain? I don't know. He looks more like grapes. He does look like a... Now that you mention it, he does look like a bunch of grapes, but yeah. I thought it was a brain. <laughs> so, there you go. Oh, we forgot to mention the. this game is... Uh, when you fight bosses and things, you can do the pause trick. You know, people talk about where you shoot and then you pause and pause and it hits them multiple times. Yeah. So oh, yeah. Cheating. Oh, yeah. Normal, as it's referred to. A, yeah, that's cheating. Normally we have a hints, tips, and cheats section, but I forgot about it. But there you go. Landon, you got a uh, you got a trophy? Yeah, I've got one called Taste the Rainbow, where you get the, the rainbow shot after level two for the tank. Mm, nice. Makes me want some Skittles. <laughs> uh, I got one called... Uh, this is Now that I'm about to say this out loud, it's kind of embarrassing. Tanks <laughs> for the Memories... <laughs> and that is uh, <laughs> beat the game oh man so I, I'm I'm gonna make you feel a little better or do this I, I, this was not my one I was gonna announce as the second one but I'm gonna announce it thank you very much <laughs> and that is beat the game <laughs> <laughs> nice <laughs> Landon you got a tank pun oh man I don't have a tank pun I had a back to the future pun though oh one it was a uh, roads where we're going we don't need no stinking roads get the hover equipped for the tank <laughs> nice i like it uh 
I don't have any more. I can maybe think of another one while we're going. I got to think of another tank pun. <laughs> All right, I, I'm going to... I'll give you another one. Uh, you should have seen what I did to Baby Jaws. And that is kill three of the little jellyfish guys with, while you're swimming. Because <laughs> he looks like the guy from he Jaws. Yeah, he, yeah, he goes actually. into swimming. So. It's kind of got the same animation. Yeah. Guess my third one would be David versus Goliath. Get out of the tank and kill one of those big rock monster guys at the first of the game. Oh, nice! That's a that's a really good trophy, actually. It I'm is. impressed. <laughs> Tom Arnold would be impressed. Yes, he would. Oh man, I made Tom Arnold status. Sweet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. I'm giving it to you this episode. Yes. All right. I can't think of another good tank pun. I'm tapped out. Tapped out. Of- you're you're all tanked out. Uh, uh, oh wait, okay, I got one. I got one. I got one. You just opened up a new world for me. Okay, uh, I got uh, my tank is on empty, and that is lose in the first level. Nice, nice. Mm. I can't think of anything else. Okay, you got any more, Landon? I don't have any more. Uh, well, I guess we're. Or I guess we're tanked. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> okay. All right. So, how do you guys want to rate this game? Got any? Hmm. Got any good ideas? Uh. Type of. Hmm. Hmm. I don't know. Type of it's good good podcasting. We always we always yeah. do our best podcasting at this se- section of the, uh, <laughs> of the show. Type of type of master. Okay, okay, yeah, we can do that. Type of master. Okay, I'm gonna go with uh, Master Splinter. Oh, good one. Oh, Master Splinter is like the wise best master you could pretty much have, and except for one other sweet. master. Okay. And that's my master, Master Miyagi. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. I'll probably have to go with Master Yoda. Oh, man. We just keep getting better on this podcast. (laughs) (laughs) So. Okay. So this game, uh, yeah. I think we all have the same reasons because it's a. Mm -hmm. You can't get any better. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. All right, uh, we got some feedback. I got some feedback. The Facebook and dudes. up. So Jesse Cleva Vidal says, "Dude, Ivan is a cool dude." One hundred. So I'm um, because this is Ivan's bit. Ivan comes in and says, "Everyone's got those games they couldn't defeat or even come close yet couldn't stop playing." Blaster Master was one of those games for me. The music was great. You controlled a tank which shot lasers, hovered, climbed walls and ceilings, and you also controlled the most adorable little man in a spacesuit. (laughs) (laughs) Throw in a nice variety of scalable weapons, and you had yourself an enjoyable, challenging time. Thanks for reworking the Patreon to allow for another pick. I'm glad to support the show and look forward to the episode. Thank you, Ivan. And uh, it's true. He's pretty adorable. 
Yeah, he's cute. He's cute. <laughs> both both in side scrolling format and top down. Uh, Jesse Clever, maybe. Yeah, sorry. Jesse <laughs> Clever Vidal says I'll have to demo this game tonight. And that's for slapper bags. Sean Muldowney says uh, one of the original Metroidvanias. I absolutely loved this game as a kid. That boss pause kill glitch, though. <laughs> I kind of butchered the delivery on that one. <laughs> um, no, Ryan, I'm pretty sure that's why. I'm pretty sure that's why Sean typed it. That's how he said. It. That's how he said. It. <laughs> <laughs> Ryan R. Jackson says, "Very cool game. This is the first game I can remember that incorporated getting in and out of a vehicle. Hardest still, though." I managed to beat it, but not until high school. For the longest time, couldn't get past that dang crab boss from level level five. Ryan Reynolds says, "I just picked up a box copy of this one over the summer. Ooh, it was a game that I always wanted as a child, so I spent a little extra. Great game that ended up getting a nice virtual console update on the Wii." Jay Jorgensen says, dude, Ivan has good taste. Jeremy Sharp says, I'm pumped for this. I got this cart last week, but I haven't played it yet. Quick glance, it reminds me of Moon Patrol. Smiley face. <laughs> Greg Polander says, great game and one of the best NES games. Sunsoft was hit or miss on the games they published, but all of them had great music. You could tell a Sunsoft NES game just the same way you could a Konami or Capcom game by the music alone. The game is challenging and difficult without being impossible. With cool bosses and a split style of gameplay of side-scrolling battles in the tank and top-down person in the dungeons. Good graphics for the time and as I said already great music. The map in the manual is a must so you can figure out where you need to go after every stage. The biggest knock I will give it is lack of a battery save or password system. This is a long game to play in one sitting. Too bad the sequels were not as good. And then he followed it up with, by the way, and you guys don't need to include... Oh, never mind. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I I just want to say, Greg is pretty good at synopsizing. Is that a word? Synopsizing? Giving synopsizes? Summarizing? Mm. Summarize. Thank you. Thank you. We'll edit that out. We'll edit that out. I'm not an English teacher. Uh, summarize. He's really good at summarizing games. He always, he, every time he leaves a comment, he always also includes like a little bit of a summary in his mm-hmm. review yeah. of it. So I must, I must say, he's pretty good at summarizing games. He should write for the back of games. Yeah. The boxes. If if right. podcasts had a back of the podcast, yeah. I would have him do every episode. Absolutely. Peter Guzman says, you can never go wrong with this pick. David Gibbons says, great soundtrack, a great game. I could never get past the crab boss at level five, though. If only this game had save points or passwords. I listen to two dudes in a nest on my commute, but running out of episodes. Do more dudes. Wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> Do more dudes. Ah, uh, okay. <laughs> Gotta put... Got to put a comma in there. All right. All right, David. <laughs> Pro tip. Put a comma in there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's funny. Hey, we do have a Patreon goal to go back to uh, weekly podcast episodes. All right. So it's, I uh, can't remember what it, what it's set at, but it's 
It's a it's pretty high because it's pretty intensive for Justin and I to do a weekly podcast. But we'll do it if uh, if you can get to the goal. Tyler Jones says, easily one of my favorite games and a tough one at that. Love the grenade and start sheet on the bosses. King's Quest Five. Aaron Thompson said, this is a great game, but no save codes made it stupid hard to beat. It's fun to play, but fairly frustrating. Wonderful gameplay, though. Andrew Zeismer says, a wonderful game. I've played this dozens of times as a kid and an adult and still haven't beat it. Such a great soundtrack, though. Yan Ironhook said, it is tough. Great. Gabe Van Gilder said, this game was awesome. Never did beat it. Chris Vanderhoff said, awesome, awesome, awesome game. I love all aspects of this game. The tank parts, the exploring parts, the shooting parts. Beat this game, but it was never, but it wasn't easy and take a while. Um, great all around. Definitely an NES number one. And he later says, it, I'm trademarking trademarking." NES number one. No stealing it, two dudes. Okay. <laughs> no worries, Chris. Deal. <laughs> not, even, not even sure what that means. <laughs> Deal. Is that kind of like calling something a gym? Ooh. Because we're not going to do something like that anyways <laughs> on this show. Well, you know, speaking of Blaster Master, they had a sequel that came out on the Genesis that wasn't that good. It's terrible. I know. Like all Genesis games. I played it and I'm like this isn't Blaster Master, this is horrible. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Alright. Is that it? That's it for the Facebook. Okay, I've got some uh, Facebook page. Okay. Tommy uh, I'm going to butcher your name Mikanen Sorry, says, "Holy! Remember this? Remember this game cover from back in the day? I think I chose Wizards and Warriors instead of this. Never got around to learn what this game was about. Only that Wizards and Warriors cover one. So he chose Wizards and Warriors based on the cover over this one. Uh, which yeah. I guess I can't blame him, but I would say that this is a better game than Wizards and Warriors. Yeah. All right, and then Kana Ha says, "I think his brother runs Barter Town." I don't know what that means. What does that mean? Somebody's brother. Yeah. Gotcha. Uh, Twitter. Loaded Cart Gaming, which is a podcast, says, I remember reading the novelization they did of it in third grade for a book report. So apparently there's a book that you can read. I've got it. Do you really? I got it at a school book fair, yep. Is it like on a third grade level? It is. It's like 75 pages. It's one of those scholastic, like, get kids interested into reading type books. Oh, that's awesome. It's my kind of book right now. Yeah. It expands <laughs> really? on the frog going down the whole story a lot more. <laughs> that's awesome. I need I to see if I can it. find that. I need to see if I can find it now. Find it and then uh, read it. And then read it in, like, audiobook format. There we go. Uh, <laughs> just give it the go. best sultry tones you've got and just read it and then we'll... <laughs> We'll release it and make a ton of money off of it. I'm sure Sweet. everybody would pay to listen to that, right? Absolutely. Blaster Master audiobook. <laughs> uh, the Retro Ducks, at the Retro Ducks. Oh, by the way, Loaded Card Game is at Loaded Card if you want to follow them. 
and then at the Retro Ducks says, I watched a speed run to see what's up, and no, no. I don't know what that means. I say yes, yes. <laughs> that. Uh, and then at Baz, at 8 bit Baz, which is bad, Baz from across the pond there, says, A tank and a pet frog named Fred. This game has it all. It's true. Well, yeah. What more could you want? I don't know. Nothing. Uh, that's it for the social media feedback. Uh, I do have two new iTunes reviews. Yes. Both five star? Uh, they are both five star. Although one says two stars, but it is five stars. Okay. The title of the review is oh. Two Stars. <laughs> okay, okay. By Jamie Ziegler. Uh, okay. It says so much for that two star rating, and that's five stars. I don't think Jamie was the one that gave us the two star though. But if he no. was, I hope he, I hope he just. This is him saying I'm changing it to five stars. That'd be awesome, wouldn't it? Yeah, that would be awesome. Either and way, I don't, I don't think he's the one that gave. It, but thank you, thank you, Jamie. We appreciate five star reviews on iTunes, wholeheartedly. Yeah. And then the Chicago Kid ninety nine says my favorite podcast. I recently dug out the old NES and dusted it off. I decided to make collecting all things NES my new hobby. With so many games out there, where should you start? This podcast. With so many previous episodes and new episodes coming out, they make it easy to fall in love with games I didn't even know existed. I'm a huge fan of the two dudes, and I'm a very pre- appreciative of the show. So, it's a good nice. point. If you want to start uh, collecting your collection based on our show, yeah, do it. That would be good. Yeah, um, some of them are a little bit expensive, die hard, but. <laughs> it'd, it'd be fun fun to try to do right try to collect all the games that we cover mm-hmm. we've covered some pretty good ones so far yeah that's it that's it on the uh, iTunes reviews and then we've got uh, that's pretty much the show I think right alright good show show good game, Landon do you wanna kids. do you wanna shout your stuff out one more time sure that's uh, kind of a cap we'll do it uh you can, uh, if you want to listen to, to me and Mr. Mr. Rob Luther, uh, be on the Retro Junkie Super Show. Uh, you can go to, uh, you can just look it up on the actual Retro Junkies uh, network page, www.theretrojunkies.com. Uh, we have a list of all of our shows there, too, dudes, uh, Genesis Gems, uh, anything and everything from our uh, good buddy William Culver at Arcade USA is on there as well. Uh, oh, hang just, on, hang on, Landon. Uh, since you're going ahead and rambling them off, ra- r- rambling them off, I'm going to quiz you like I sometimes quiz Justin. Oh Lord, no! I'll fail. <laughs> nope, you got to do it now. All right, let's do it. <clears throat> I'm pulling it up now. Okay. Can you name them all, or at least all the ones on the website? I won't make you name any of the new ones that haven't made it to the website yet. All right, let's see. There's. Retro Junkie Super Show, Two Dudes in a Nest, Genesis Gems, Retro Obscura, Turtle Flakes. So far, you're going in order, too, which is kind of blown uh, <laughs> Atari 2600, <laughs> uh, Game by Game. Uh-huh. The SNES Podcast. ColecoVisions, and that is it. That's all I can remember <laughs> off the top of my head. You've only got about 15 more to go. Oh, gosh. Oh, maybe 20. <laughs> I don't know. No, okay. 
Good job. Yeah. But if you want to see if you want to see the ones that Landon missed, you can go to theretrojunkies.com slash podcasts. That's right. And you can see you can see them there. They're all listed there. There's links to all their websites or and or uh, RSS feeds or whatever they whatever they got going. Lots of good shows on there. That's right. Sweet. Sweet. And you can find our show on there. But where else can you find it, Justin? Two dudes in a nest.com, nesdudes.com, and then ten dudes.com. You also find us on any social media network like Facebook, the Twitterage, and Instagram. Check it out. Yeah, we're on there. We're on there. Google Plus. Get, somebody go join Ryan over there. Ryan Ballard got he needs a friend over there on Google Plus. All right. And Mike, you can always call us at 775-773-8761. Or that is 7757-RETRO1. Or on our website, there's a little phone icon in the corner that you can just tap and call if you're on a phone. You know, I'm yeah. pretty sure we've tested it on both Android and iPhone, and it works on both. So, nice. yeah. Yeah, pretty sweet. And you can thank the Wee Dude, aka the Wee Guy, on YouTube for the music. And thank the Fox Dude for our awesome logo. And go give us uh, iTunes reviews. I kind of forgot that iTunes even did reviews there for a little while because we didn't get any for so long, you know? Mm-hmm. So if you're a listener, a new listener that has not rated us on iTunes yet, uh, please do. We'd appreciate yes. it. Because yes. while you may not listen to it on iTunes, iTunes is still the biggest marketplace for podcasts. Yep. And while you're at it, and since you're on there, go ahead and rate uh, the Super Show five stars too. Yeah, that's right. We like five-star reviews. Even though we've been kind of dead since June, July of last year. <laughs> that's okay. That's okay. They can still give you five stars for everything you've done so far. That's right. We're, we're hoping on coming back, though. We've kind of taken a we've taken a sabbatical. There we go. Rob's retirement number 17? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. Just kidding, Rob. <laughs> As long as you stay off the, that uh, Genesis Germ show, we'll, we'll let you come out of retirement. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Thanks for coming on, Landon. I'm sure hey. we're all about to pass out since it's after midnight now. Hey, thanks for having me. And yeah, our pleasure. All right. See all right. y'all. See ya. Bye.